This week, as the U.S. and Europe battled a resurgent pandemic, stock markets rallied on hopes that new vaccines would soon end COVID-19 spread. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and S&P 500 both hit all-time record highs. But is the recent stock market's rise just the beginning of another surge in stock values fueled by individual consumers buying shares? In this edition of FinTech Friday, FinTech technologies enable a stock market boom. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on November 20th, and this is FinTech Friday, brought to you by Cardlinks. It's great to be with you. Eight million. That's the number of new retail stock accounts that have been opened up by individual investors in 2020. Taken as a group, individual retail investors now account for one-fifth of the overall stock trading volume. And stock trading has been a winning enterprise for individual day traders this year. Despite the pandemic and all the havoc that it's wreaked around the world, this week the S&P and Dow hit all-time highs, facilitating this huge new influx of retail money into the stock markets are an enterprising group of fintech companies. Robinhood is one of the more famous ones. It allows retail investors to trade for free. But today on the show, we speak with the founder and CEO of Bumped, It's another fintech startup allowing consumers to own the stock of their favorite companies. Their unique approach allows consumers to link their card to an app, and then it facilitates the earning of fractional shares every time the consumer shops at a specific list of merchants. Fresh off a multi-million dollar fundraising round, David Nelson, the founder and CEO of Bumped, joins us from Portland, Oregon. Good morning, David. How are you? Very good. Nice to be here. Where am I speaking to you today? I am in Portland, Oregon, beautiful, rainy Oregon. So it is the weather we all think of when we think of Portland. It's, it's rainy, maybe just a little bit of fog as well. Yep, yep. It is exactly that weather. That's uh, November. So we had a beautiful summer and spring and we're paying the penalty now. Got it. Well, I'm speaking to you from San Francisco. I don't mean to rub it in, but it is a beautiful sunny day, not a cloud in the sky. But I think we're scheduled to have some some rain soon and we need it here. But it's a real pleasure to speak with you today. And if you look at the stock market, something pretty amazing happened this week. The Dow and the S&P both closed at record highs. And that's despite the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, a resurgent pandemic, and the U.S. economy and most of the world's economies have been in recession for most of this year. So why is it that the Dow and the S&P 500 are at all-time highs? Well, as you might know, the market is always trading what they think is going to happen. And you're probably as antsy as I am to be done with this pandemic and move on to life as we knew it. But there's obviously a lot of liquidity in the market. And beyond that, a lot of optimism about how things could shake out over the course of the next year. And that's what the market trades on. And so the markets are indeed trading higher than we might have guessed stepping into something like this. And the other interesting thing that's happening is individual investors are really flocking to the stock market and they're investing in their 401ks, they're investing in opening new accounts. There are even new trading apps like Robinhood that are making it easier than ever to own shares. Do you think this is like a temporary fad because the stock market is doing so well or is this a development that's here to stay? 
Yeah, that's a great question with all of the trading and so forth that happens on a lot of the discount brokerages. Obviously, the market being as hot as it is, you would anticipate a lot of people being a part of that market, learning how to invest, which I think is fantastic. But at the end of the day, the last stat I saw was actually that 13.9% of households directly own a company stock. And so obviously with some of what you've been seeing with Robinhood and other companies in the marketplace, that number's probably grown a bit. And it's great that people are understanding and learning the market. When the market comes down a bit, maybe there's a little bit less interest. I don't know. I think what we're doing is kind of a different angle where we're really trying to address the rest of the world that has not had an opportunity to participate in the stock market. And we're coming at it more from a perspective of ownership than trading and have that sense of pride when they walk into a retailer of actually having stock and having ownership positions. And you're a great serial entrepreneur, have built a number of businesses, and your latest business is called Bumped. Tell me what you guys do and how you got started. Yeah, so Bumped is a new company that is actually bringing a mechanism of reward, which is ownership or stock, into the market. And as you know, there's points and miles and cash back. Well, now there's stock as a reward. And getting started was in the other forms of the incentive marketplace actually started a company called Giftango that brought mobile or digital gift cards into the market and learned through that experience that one of the best channels to deliver a digital gift card was the incentive and reward space. Through the course of thinking through the incentive and reward space, struck upon another idea, of course, that I think is very innovative and will take the industry to new places. Really exciting. So your business, your app enables consumers to receive fractional shares of stock in their favorite retailers. Now, it's my understanding that you guys just completed a two-year pilot program to really understand how stock ownership changes a consumer's behavior. Can you please share a little bit about what you guys discovered in really testing that theory? Yeah, absolutely. Coming from the reward and incentive space, it's really about data. It's super important that you understand how you impact behavior and how does the program actually make the consumer feel. So the findings were pretty fantastic. We found that once somebody actually starts becoming an owner or has a stock position, they actually increase their visits by one and a half times. And we saw actually a $51 increase across categories and monthly spend. Uh, And that resulted in really a 23x ROI. And what I mean by that is if there was $2 of reward for your spend at, say, a Target or a Kroger or something like that, $46 of incremental new spend occurred at that retailer. So just phenomenal dynamics as far as how this program impacts people. I think the biggest one, though, for me was that 95% of people held their stock for more than a year. And there's very few programs that have ever been out there that are that sticky where a consumer takes that level of pride in their reward holding and keeps it for the long term. So that, that statistic for me was just phenomenal. It's really amazing when you can have that kind of result. And if I'm understanding you correctly, basically what you're saying is, if I own Starbucks stock, I'm going to go to Starbucks more often. And not only that, but I'm also going to hold Starbucks stock longer and typically on average more than a year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I would also add to that, that how phenomenal is it that your position grows over the course of time? And thus relationship with that particular brand, right? So another finding I think that was really key on that is it's not how much somebody's rewarded, it's the fact that they are. And so we, for example, tested a quarter percent reward versus a half a percent reward versus a 1% reward. And what we found is that going from a quarter percent to a half a percent was meaningful. The consumer actually engaged more with the brand. 
but going from a half a percent to a 1% reward, very, very little change. And part of the reason for that is because they are at that point, a shareholder. Once you're a shareholder, you're a shareholder and you have all those emotions and feelings of owning. And therefore, it's not always about how much, unlike some of the other forms of reward, it's also about the fact that you are. Really fascinating. So explain to me how this works, because if I understand the technology you're using is Cardlink technology, and you're using the fact that a consumer enrolled their credit card in the app to track their purchases and then enables that to buy stock. Is, is that basically how it works? Yeah, we've launched a consumer app into the marketplace, and that app allows you to get rewarded based on your spend across a variety of brands. But we also have a bunch of enterprise partners that will end up launching products into the market as well. And as they spend, again, they will start getting rewarded in stock across that spend. To your point, we're leveraging a lot of the infrastructure that is out there, such as being able to link the credit cards and debit cards to understand when you spent somewhere in order to thereby give the appropriate reward for the right retailer. And if I open up your new app, what type of brands would I expect to see on there? What kind of merchants could I spend at their store and then expect to own a fractional shares in their stock? Yeah. And so what we did in the consumer app is we made it so that first you actually choose the stocks you want to get rewarded in, and then you actually can spend across a whole bunch of different brands. And those brands could be clothing and retail, home kitchen and bath, sports and outdoor, a lot of the brands that you would anticipate seeing across the variety of those categories. I think to extend that one step further, what you'll end up seeing in the future is some of those brands actually launching their own white-labeled program out there that might end up having that one-to-one correlation where you shop at a particular retailer and you get that retailer stock. We'll also infuse some of that back into the existing app as well. How does this all work if you're a private company and you don't have stock listed on a stock exchange? That's a really good question. You know, we do understand that not every company out there is in the public markets. And we care very much about all of the other institutions as well as the mom and pops. We don't want to necessarily press all the consumers into publicly traded companies. And what we actually found is that rewarding somebody in an ETF where a private company might not even use their own stock, actually performed with really, really great results, not that far off and pretty identical, in fact, to some of the brands that reward in their own stock. So it allows us to actually open things up to allow private companies to participate in the model and contribute towards rewarding in an ETF, as an example, uh, or across other favorite stocks that an owner or investor would have under a model like this. It's really flexible. The other aspect of this are banks. Banks are a really important part of the overall commerce equation. If you're a bank and you want to use this technology, how does it work? The banks are really interesting, right? Because they use these incentive and rewards more than anybody. Almost every credit card program, for example, that you see out there is a points card or a miles card or travel. So there's obviously this amazing opportunity for the banks to create fundamentally new card products that are innovative in the market. And it might go a direction of invest and own, or it might go in a direction where they're rewarding in very specific securities for certain companies. It also brings the opportunity for the brands to participate as a part of a merchant-funded reward program as they try to also create more following and relationship with their consumers. So I'm very excited about the banking programs and the new products that they can create off of this reward so that we're not being pitched all the same points, miles, and cash back cards that, that we have today. And if I'm a brand and I wanted to create a program for myself, and you know, many of these merchants already have dividend reinvestment programs or specific programs where they try to incentivize their customers to buy stock, how would I get or how would I use this technology to build in stock rewards into one of my existing programs? 
Yeah. So as you know, there's some pretty mature points programs, miles programs. I look at this as something that fits with the other things. All of the different rewards mechanisms have their place. There's going to be a group of consumers that really appreciate being a part of an institution, having an ownership stake, and just even the emotions that come with being an owner in the stock market. I think that they fit alongside some of those programs. As you can imagine, some of these programs could do a one-time offering. T-Mobile, for example, does T-Mobile Tuesdays. They can also put something that is a little bit more well thought out that fits alongside some of those other rewards. When you do certain behaviors or purchase certain products or spend a certain amount, you also start getting shareholdings. So it's a great question. And I really look forward to the innovation of a lot of these brands and banks as far as what products they bring out to market. At the end of the day, I look at our company as the platform where we manage all of the complexities of stock as a reward and then allow them to go put those programs in place. Really great technology and, you know, I think a great hallmark of great technology. It solves a lot of problems at once. Merchants are really having a tough time selling their goods these days. And as a result, a lot of their stocks are not doing so well. And the technology you guys are bringing to market through Bump fixes both of those problems. It encourages consumers to buy more, as you described. And at the same time, it creates uh, consumer ownership in stocks, which over time help to support the value of those stocks. Great, great technology. David, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a real pleasure to talk with you and really learn from your many insights. Oh, it's great to be here. I appreciate you having me and letting us tell a bit about our story. Thank you, David. That's David Nelson, the CEO and founder of Bumped, talking to us from Portland, Oregon. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on retail investing. The cool thing about technology is that it can democratize almost everything. Companies like Square enabled small mom and pop shops to accept credit cards just like the big boys, Target and Walmart. MasterCard enabled everyday consumers of modest means to use credit in a way that was previously reserved only for the wealthy. As we learned on today's podcast, new fintech companies are now democratizing one of the last bastions of pure capitalism, the stock market. It used to be that stock markets were reserved for large institutions and wealthy individuals. Increasingly, that is no longer true. And that's a really good thing. Spread the wealth. For Fintech Friday from the Cardlinks Association, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.